Welcome to the MomQ Podcast, where we provide you with the godly intelligence and biblical resources to find peace, hope, and joy on your motherhood journey. I'm Candace Nasser, the founder of MomQ, a community of moms building healthy families. I hope you will be inspired and encouraged as we talk to moms of all ages about how God is using their unique gifts and calling to build His kingdom. Welcome, everyone. Today, I am very excited to have with me Christine Hoover. Christine serves as the Women's Ministry Associate at the Austin Stone Community Church's Northwest Congregation here in Austin. She hosts the Ministry Wives podcast and has authored six books, including Messy Beautiful Friendship and How to Thrive as a Pastor's Wife, as well as a Bible study, Seek First the Kingdom. Her latest offering, You Are Not Forgotten, Discovering the God Who Sees the Overlooked and Disregarded, will be released in April of 2024. Christine's work has been featured on the Gospel Coalition, For the Church, and Christianity Today. In 2015, Christine wrote From Goodness to Grace, and in it she shares the journey she went on to be freed from the confusion and pressure of striving for approval from God and others. She's going to share about that today, and I know it's going to resonate with many of you. I know it did with me. We are so fortunate to have her with us. Welcome, Christine. Thanks so much for having me, Candace. I'm glad to be here. We're so excited. I'm so excited. Um, So first of all, just uh, tell our listeners that we've already uh, bonded over a couple of things that we had in common as I read your book. Um, I felt in so many ways like I was, um, I'd been on that journey with you. And I just know a lot of our moms are going to get so many good nuggets out of, out of this uh, journey that you're going to share. So, but before we get started, um, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in your life right now. And it's, it's fall, um, sort of, it's a little bit cooler (laughs) here in Texas, Yeah, right? (laughs) but not, uh, you just, when did you move here? Uh, about a year ago? Yes, we moved from Virginia to Austin last August, so about a year ago. And But we're from Texas originally, so everyone keeps asking me, well, how are you feeling about the heat? And I'm like, well, oh, we, got we, it. we grew up here, but we were in Virginia for 14 years. My husband and I played at a church there, but we got to come home to Texas last August and we're serving at the Austin Stone, like you said. Yes, that's great. And so I know uh, fall feels a little differently up there. Yes. So, um, but what are you most looking forward to this fall here in Texas? Well, it's already started, but football, college football, mm-hmm. watching my son mm-hmm. play football. I love football season. It's just fun. Same I here. I have it on, on the TV in the house playing on Sundays or Saturdays and watching it. So, yeah. Football. Oh, that's so awesome. You know, we're big football people too. Um, I was raised in Georgia and grew up going to the Friday night lights just like you did. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, lo- I love it. I love having it on TV. There's something about it, the sound of it in the yes. background. So very good. I, I can totally relate. Um, so why don't you help our listeners get to know you just a little bit better and tell us about your family and maybe what you like to do when you can get a minute to yourself. 
Yeah, sure. Well, I'm married to Kyle. We've been married almost 24 years. We have three sons. So my oldest is 20. He's in college. My middle is a senior in high school and my youngest is a sophomore in high school. So I really enjoy the, te- I've enjoyed the teenage years. I like parenting the teenage years. There's, there's some high highs and some low lows, but overall I really enjoy it. So we, um, we love as a family to be outside when it's not 105 degrees outside. Um, and for me personally, I really like to read. I'm a huge right. word person. So I love, I love to read words. I like to write words and I like to play games where it involves words like Wordle and that kind of thing. Oh, very fun. Very fun. Yeah. My family loves to play Scrabble. Yeah. So I can, I can imagine. And I can tell you love words because from reading your book, you are just a beautiful writer and paint just great word pictures. So thank you. I'm not surprised for you to say that. Uh, What's your favorite all time book? Oh, I had so, so, so hard. Loaded question. Yeah. I really like a book called Notes from the Tilt-A-Whirl. It sounds so weird. And it kind of is when you start reading, you're like, what is this book about? And then it just all comes together at one point. And uh, I just think it's a beautiful book. So Hmm. if you're looking for a little something different, yeah, Notes from the Tilt-A-Whirl. And then I also love The Hiding Place. That's one of my favorites. Just Corey Ten Boom and her story. And I go back to that book a lot, as read mm. a lot, but also just remembering little nuggets that she shares in that book. Mm. So that's been an influential one for me. Yeah, I adore that book as well. That's a very convicting book when we complain about anything, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she was so brave. Um, well, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, okay, so speaking of books, let's get started talking about your wonderful book from good is from good to grace. I said goodness from good to grace, uh, letting go of the goodness gospel. And so you say in your book that you start off by telling us that you are a goodness addict, right? Maybe were a goodness addict, or I guess you're always kind of an addict, right? Just reformed. Um, so yeah. tell us what you mean by that. I mean by that, that I I became a Christian when I was eight years old, and I knew at that time that I was saved by faith through grace, that, that Jesus was the way for me, that I could not save myself. But after I became a Christian, I somehow, whether I didn't hear it preached or whether I didn't understand it, I don't know, but I somehow got this idea that all of my spiritual growth all of the spiritual fruit in my life was then up to me. So Mm. I was the primary actor in my Christian faith. And so I had to, I I even remember sitting down Candace and, and reading Galatians five about the fruits of the spirit and missing that it was a fruit of the spirit. And instead thinking, okay, today I'm going to work on being more loving or tomorrow I'm going to work on joy or, you know, going through those each day and thinking, if I just work on this, I can create and cultivate these things in my life. And one of those fruits is goodness, you know, that I, I can do these things if I work hard enough at them. And uh, so my, my, my spiritual growth is up to me. My spiritual fruit is up to me. And so it, it became, it became, I would say this heavy weight on me that every day I wake mm-hmm. up how do I be a good Christian today? And, it, and eventually, it eventually morphed into how do I be a good 
Christian friend today? How do I be even later on? How do I be a good wife and a good mom? And it was all laying at my feet, you know, just that I had to get up and do these things each day. And it's an addiction in the sense that it would swing back and forth between this pride of, oh, today was a good day. I did these things well. My kids are behaving well today. I've done the checklist. I've read my Bible. I've prayed. I've done the things a good Christian does. But then on the days where I I didn't do those things or things didn't go as well. I would swing from pride over to the other side to the self-condemnation. I'm not, I've got a, mm. I would say the mantra of someone who is a goodness addict is I have to do more. I have to try harder. That mm. was every day. I'm going to try harder, do more, try harder, do it better next time. And so that just kind of was how I lived my life for many, many years not understanding that that's not at all what God was asking me to do. And that's such a heavy burden. Yes. It's you're you're exhausted when you're yes. living like that. Exhausted. And yeah. I would say hiding, hiding from people because uh, an outworking of that understanding for me was that I had to do the same for other people in terms of I wanted them to see the good, I wanted them to see good performance or good Christian action, but I was really hiding a a large part of myself because I wasn't good. I'm not good. I can't do these things perfectly on my own. And so I felt that there was this barrier between me and God, and there was this barrier between me and other people. And it Mm. was really because I was trying to perform for love and approval and belonging. And did you feel, was it hard for you to be vulnerable? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because really I was focused more on impressing people or doing the right things in the right way. I wasn't, I wasn't connecting. You can't connect with people unless you are vulnerable with them, unless you let them into, this is Mm. what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm struggling with. And I never told people I was dealing with this self-condemnation or, or of course you don't tell people you're feeling really good about yourself that day. Um, You got the checklist under, (laughs) under control. And so there's just a large part that was under, underwater, under surf, under the surface for me. Mm, that's yeah. I'm sure a lot of people can relate, especially in this world today, where with social media, everything is put out there is is perfect. And um, I it really resonated with me when you talked about your um, your to do list and just that sometimes you would write something on there just to cross it off. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I have that same performance. I, it's I think it's a struggle for a lot of women, and you talk about that in the book. How this these struggles that you went through, the more you know, as you started to deal with it and take it to God, He began to show you. You saw other people. Um, you weren't alone, right? Right. Oh, I think this is a very common thing, a very mm-hmm. common, um, because what, what happens is that you're seeing on the outside, if you were to interact with me, you would see really good things. You would see, this is a, this is a Christian woman who she's going to church and she's, uh, you know, doing, doing all the right things, quote unquote, that we would look for as that this, this is a Christian, there's fruit in her life. So 
there can be an external, the external practices can look very similar for someone who is doing those things from the right motivation and then someone who's doing them from the wrong place, which was me. My, my, my goal and my motivation was to earn something from God and earn something Mm -hmm. from other people. So, but the, the external things that you saw would be the same as somebody who was doing it out of love for God and love for people. So, yeah. So tell us how that distorts the gospel when you're trying to earn, earn it. I mean, we know grace alone and faith alone, and you knew that, and you talk about, you saw grace for salvation, but not as part of your sanctification. Can you share about that? Yes. So I think a major component I was missing was an understanding of, well, grace was a huge one. I didn't understand, first first of all, how the depths of my sin, because mm. I was, because I thought that I could be good, I never really meditated on just how not good I was and how much grace that I needed from the Lord just to be in right relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But then there was a second component I didn't understand, and that was the Holy Spirit. I didn't yes. understand that that no, the true actor in the Christian life is God Himself indwelling in me, helping me to fulfill the commands that He's placed on my life. And so, so I I, I think of it now of like I I think before my mindset was I was like an actor on a stage and I was the only one on the stage and there was a spotlight on me and God was in the audience and he was if you could see his face it would be that he was kind of scowling and his arms were crossed and he was evaluating my performance that's not the gospel the gospel is completely different where he said he has taken on the actor role and said you can't do it you can't mm. You can't save yourself. You can't remove your sin. You can't make up for your sin. So I'll do it for you. I'll send Jesus to die on the cross and raise from the from the dead, and 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 it's for you on your behalf. But not only that, not only have I removed the sin that your bank account is is now zero, your debt is now zero. I'm going to add to that bank account. I'm gonna I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who who will enable you to understand, first of all, what I have done for you, and but to walk with me, to bear fruit, the fruits of the Spirit. All of these things come through simply abiding in Him, knowing Him, and He is the actor. And mm-hmm. so I get to I get to follow behind and obe- I follow him in obedience and faith. And when I do that, he produces in me things that I could not produce on my own. And it really, what, what I noticed once I started understanding this, I noticed a huge change in the way that I related to people, not only with God, I was, that obviously changed how I related to God because I was no longer, he was no longer the, in the audience scowling at me, but I, I realized, oh, he loved me so much that he did this for me. He's for me. That's what Mm. Romans eight says. He's, He's for us people. So before this, when I was living in the old mindset, I remember, I mean, I was already married. My husband was a pastor and I was really sinking under self-condemnation because I could not be a good enough pastor's wife. And there were so many expectations I felt mainly for myself. 
But I remember mm. thinking, I cannot love these people. I cannot love them because I was trying to love them. I was trying to will myself to love them because I knew that's what I should do. In the flesh. But, yes. But then when I started understanding God's love for me, what he 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 took ownership of his responsibility and mine was to obey. Suddenly I realized there's this there's this love that's that's growing in me that I could not have made on my own. I love them because Christ first loved me. So yes. before it was I'm trying to love I'm trying to love because Christ did this for me. I'm trying to get his love by loving him whereas he already loved me and when I knew that then I love. Mm. It, it's you a know, natural I, outworking. I can relate to that so well. I I have struggled just from from things that happened to me uh, in my past with just feeling like I didn't deserve love. Mm. And I think for me my approval addiction was was part of that was just saying, you know, okay, if I if I can make all these people happy, make God happy, then, you know, he'll then he'll love me, and they'll love me. And same kind of thing when I really understood how how fiercely and unconditionally he loved me that he would leave the glory of heaven and and die on the cross for me and for nothing I've done and nothing I can ever do that that was that was a, a, an absolute game changer and it's really you can't love other people until you can not the, not with obviously the holy spirit but even to truly allow the holy spirit to love through us until we understand god's love yeah for us exactly exactly that's so good love that so that's so basically when you're talking about um you said how the grace, how understanding the grace of God also helped free you from your addiction. How, what does, what else can you tell us about living under grace that you have, you, it's helped you love people? Uh, what else has it done for you? I guess you've, it's helped you accept yourself. I think that it's given me, and I'm still, you know, what I'm learning is that this is something that will spend a lifetime you know, unearthing the treasures, the riches of Christ. And so it's like seeping, the gospel keeps seeping into new areas of my life. But I do f see, looking back over decades of having understood this and living a different, from a different truth, is that there's free, I feel freedom to obey what God has asked me to do versus... Mm there's all these expectations or there's all these check, this checklist and the checklist just grows, you know, the checklist never gets shorter when you're living by this goodness gospel. But I feel freedom from that. It's more of a day to day. I get up in the morning instead of the checklist, it's a relationship with the Lord. I can be with him. I can cast my cares upon him and I can listen for his leading and and do what he asked for me that day. Not Give what the day I, to him. Yes. And not my agenda, not what I think that what's going to make me feel better at the end of the day that I did, but just what does he have for me today? And there's so much so more good. freedom in that mm -hmm. than living by this checklist or living by even sometimes that can make you different from the other moms, the other women around you, that what they're doing with their children or um, what they're doing, you know, as far as like work or whatever it is we, that 
I can be free to be who God's made me to be and to do what he, how he's asked me to obey his commands specifically with my children or with my marriage or with my gifts and my work. That's so good. I, in your chapter on uh, receiving his freedom, um, I underlined almost the whole chapter. <laughs> but I love how you were talking about freeing us from comparison and competition. And you even referenced the mommy wars in there, which, you know, you wrote this book in 2015, but I still see evidence of that just because with social media, especially, we want to do what, okay, what's, what are they doing? What are they doing? And comparing ourselves and never feeling worthy or good enough. Mm-hmm. And what a trap that is. Yes. I, I, and I, all of this was happening for me before social media. I feel for young moms these days who are trying to make wise decisions with their children. And then they have social media to deal with. And I would say that having an intimate, abiding relationship with God, where you are in the word every day and you are you are going to him and saying, Lord, what do you have for me? Not going to social media and influencers. And there could be really, really good things that they say, but they may say you need to do a certain kind of schooling with your child when maybe God himself wants something different for you. And there has mm-hmm. to be a, a going to him, a prayerfulness with him uh, and and knowing what he wants for you. So I think the way I think of it is like there's an overarching command that we all have, and that is to train up our children to know and to love the Lord. So that's the same for all of us. But the way that we do that is going to look very different across um, just you, you, the individual children that we have, the context that we live in, our marriage, our work, whatever it is, it could look very different from the person next to us. But there's freedom that we have in Christ. If we're obeying that command, we are free to obey it in the way that he's called us to obey it. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I really, really love that. And then you also talk about uh, being free from fear and you describe the pamper pole which I, I thought was hilarious. Yes, I read it. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the pamper pole and, and your analogy there. Cause I, I know a lot of people, a lot of moms and, and women struggle with those kinds of fears. Okay. I have to be honest. I don't remember what I said in the book about the okay. pamper pole. <laughs> All right. It's a while ago. Okay. So your pamper pole was when you were in youth group or or a counselor somewhere, you you guys had to climb up to the top of this pole uh, with stepping stones, but you, but it was really steep. It was really high and you had a harness attached to you that would catch you if you fell. And then you got to the very top of the pole and you had to step onto the top of the yes, pole, I guess, and often like climb up without any, anything. I mean, you were, you had the, the harness, but you, you didn't have a feeling of being anchored to anything. And it was such a scary thing yes. that, you know, you didn't, you didn't understand it looking from the ground up, but when you got up there and you saw how incredibly, how much like faith it took to just step off of the climbing things and up onto the top of the pole. Um, and that, and so that's what you're saying. Like so much of what we're doing is, you know, we, we live in so much fear, but we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
as our harness. Yeah. He he's telling us and he's guiding us and he's strengthening us. And in fear, really, we we just you you know we, we can uh, we, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I I love that thought of I I remember being so afraid. I during that time where I realized. So what happened was I was I was actually married and doing ministry and I was meeting with this college girl and I was discipling her and I said I started saying something like you know if you do these things then God like you are the actor and then God responds right and she said very very respectfully Christine I don't think that's right and she began to share with me what I what she had been learning And it was as if the Lord just pierced me through her words. I mean, I just knew he was speaking to me and saying, Christine, you don't know me in the way that I truly am. And I want to invite you to know me. And, and I started reading Galatians. That was, that was Mm. the book that just changed my life. Every word was, was for me. And, um, I remember thinking it was like, I have all this old wallpaper, like this, this wrong way of thinking about God, this wrong way of thinking about myself. And he's just going to have to tear it down little by little. You know, if you've ever taken on wallpaper, it's just so hard to yeah, get it down. It's awful. <laughs> and so that it was a process of him showing me how I thought wrongly about him and about his gospel and about me and then putting up new wallpaper paper. And now where I am, the new, the new wallpaper's up, you know, like it's ingrained in me. I understand the truth now, but in Praise that God. in between where the wallpaper is still coming down, I had so much fear that I was doing it wrong. I was going to do it wrong, that I was releasing it, to release the checklist or to release like, well, this is, these are all the things a good Christian does who whoever taught me those things, you know, and we could all make a list of what that, what was on that list. It, to release that felt it felt scary to me. It felt like standing on that paper pole and mm-hmm. trying to stand up and to jump off. What was going to hold me? And that's where the Holy Spirit came in. As you mentioned, it's the Holy Spirit is God himself helping me to know what's true and to obey. He's never going to lead me contrary to scripture, or contrary to what God wants for me. That's the. Those are the guardrails. He's the guardrail yes. rather than my own idea of what's right or wrong or my own idea of, of, of the checklist and what should be on it. I had to release myself to him and, and to trust that he would, he, he had me that harness. He had me and he was going to help me to, he was going to grow in me the things, the spiritual fruit, the sanctification. He was going to do it. By releasing you just have to the, trust the control of that to him mm-hmm. rather than me being mm-hmm. the one who is in control. Yes, absolutely. That does, it's not comfortable at all. And so, um, no. and and by the way, the re- the reason it's called a pamper pole, uh, I'm not going to. The reason they named it that, I'm not going to say, but yeah. it has something to do with uh, the the fear of being up there, and people yes, might need some yes. diapers. Uh, so yes. anyway, um, but yes, it's very, very scary to, to change and release. And, but that's what, that's what this is about, that the goodness, when we feel like we can do things, even though we know we're saved by faith, that we have to do things to make God love us or to, to earn 
whatever it is that that's, you know, the problem right there. When, but if we're trying to do those things, easy to do, then we're not going to live the abundant life yeah. that God has promised us. Absolutely. And we have to, we have to make those changes and it's scary, but he will help us. He will totally help us. Yeah. So um, such good stuff. Is there anything else that you would uh, want to share with our moms, our listeners that you have learned over the years about just uh, living under grace and in God's unconditional love and freedom? I mean, I think a question often comes up when I talk about this is like, well, isn't goodness and doing the right things, isn't that, isn't that a, isn't is that what we're supposed to do? And I just want to highlight and reiterate that goodness is a fruit of the spirit. He grows those things in us. It's not something that we can control or manufacture. And so, yes, that is the outcome, but the way we get there is different than if we are, and really we can't, we can't do it on our own. We may think mm -hmm. we are, but so I just want to reiterate just how much God loves you, how much he loves us and how much responsibility he has taken on for us, not just for our salvation, but for our sanctification. He is enduring us to the end and he will, mm -hmm. he will hold us forever. And so he's, he is, he didn't just do so much to save us. He is doing so much to continue us in our faith. And that's just so hard for us to grasp that kind of, kind of love and wow. sacrifice. And, um, and then I love how you, you close it. Like you, you were, t you open talking about your, um, why am I doing 416 loads of laundry a year? <laughs> yes. And I know our moms struggle with that. Like there, there's so many, there's so much drudgery sometimes to just yeah. being a mom. And, and we want, we want to do something that's purposeful and a life that matters and, and all that sort of thing. But, but you clarify that, you know, that's, that God has a purpose in all of that. Right. And, and we just have to trust him with it and remind ourselves of that. Right. When we're in the midst of those moments. So, um, anyway, so that's, so thank you so much, Christine. And I just appreciate your vulnerability so much and just, um, sharing and going through this journey with your, sharing this with your reader so that they can join you on it. And I just think it's a fantastic book and I recommend from good to grace to our listeners. Um, and, um, yeah, why don't we close in prayer? Sure. Thank you. Lord, thank you for this time that we've had together. I thank you for Christine's heart and how she has gone on this journey to allow you to transform her heart from trying to earn your approval and others' approval to basking in your love and in your grace and embracing the freedom that she has in that so that she can go out and we can all learn to go out and love others and pass on that grace and pass on the hope that you give us in the gospel, that we can't be good enough, but you are. And we don't have to try any harder because you have it covered. And when we trust you and your Holy Spirit, you've got us and you will get us through it and enable us to live in victory and enjoy 
We thank you so much, Father, for the amazing, amazing grace that you have given us in your Son. And we ask that you, I just pray for our listeners that they would continue to ponder these things in their hearts as they go forth this next um, few days, that you would reach out to them and that they would be able to also embrace grace and go from good to grace. We thank you for Christine and we thank you for this time in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for having me, Candice. Thanks so much for coming. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please feel free to share it with others who might be interested. You can also give us feedback in the comment section, and we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about anything you heard today, or would like to suggest topics for us to cover in the future, message us on Instagram and Facebook at MomQ512. We'll see you back here in just a couple of weeks.